Hello, beautiful souls. I have really been slacking on the podcast updates as of late, but my journey recently has asked me to be present in different ways. And so I'm just really excited to share this episode with you and to get back on the recording train. Today's guest is Dr. Sandy Indermule. Sandy is a former emergency physician of 15 years who is now transitioning into a different realm of healing alongside her husband, Troy, who also has an extensive history in the medical field working as an ER and ICU nurse. So Sandy and Troy are currently in the very exciting process of opening up their own clinic called Enlighten Wellness, which will be a center focused on ketamine-assisted psychotherapy. And they will also be offering a combination of different healing modalities, including breathwork and shamanic-based intuitive core wound healing. So in this episode, Sandy and I talk about this new and innovative practice of ketamine-assisted psychotherapy, and we discuss the incredibly powerful therapeutic benefits in the treatment of depression, generalized anxiety disorder, PTSD, and addiction. Sandy and I also discuss her own personal healing journey and the elements of that path that really catalyzed her transition from emergency medicine to the realm of healing from this mind-body-soul approach. We also discuss the profound powers of various plant medicines, including ayahuasca and psilocybin, and really just the immense importance of one's intentions and the call to do this kind of work, as well as the crucial role that the integration process plays in prolonged healing. So sit back. Um, There's lots of info in this episode for you to take in, and I've added some info into the show notes if you're interested in learning more. And as always, just thank you for being here, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And also just a very brief apology for the mic issues that we had at the very beginning, but I promise they get better. So please just be patient at the beginning of the episode and enjoy. All right. Well, welcome Sandy Indemiel to the Big Little Soul podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be your guest uh, and to also welcome myself to podcast uh, world since this will be my first one. Yeah so exciting so for our listeners sandy and i have recently done some training together in the realm of holistic medicine we did a breathwork facilitator and shamanjalic healing training course out here in sedona arizona and now we are sitting in sandy's beautiful home in gilbert and This is the first time I've had a guest on in a little while, so I am very happy to welcome Sandy, or should I say Dr. Indermule? (laughs) For our purposes, we know each other well, so please call me Sandy. Yeah, well, I am honored to have you here, and I just, I was really inspired to have you on the podcast because you are a truly inspiring human, and we have kind of walked similar paths in this realm of transitioning out of the realm of allopathic and general medicine and into this healing realm of really just going down the more holistic path and using alternative and more spiritually attuned methods of medicine and you are in a very exciting process right now of opening a brand new clinic so why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about the clinic Yes, well, thank you so much. I'm so excited for this new endeavor of mine, um, and it's called um, Enlightened Wellness, which is spelled with an I-N, uh, because we're really trying to bring people into the light from the darkness that we all live in from time to time. 
And uh, rather than finding this realm of enlightenment, like healing is a process, it's a journey, it's a never ending journey. So that's kind of why we wanted to get away from just being enlightened to bringing people into the light and shining a light onto the darkness uh, to help us heal things. Uh, we are going to be a primary ketamine uh, treatment facility where we will be utilizing ketamine to treat depression and PTSD, anxiety, other uh, disorders of uh, mental health, as well as addiction. Um, we will be using that in conjunction with uh, psycho-spiritual uh, healing as well, energy healing such as Reiki and uh, the shamangelic healing that I learned as well as breath work. So we really just believe that we are composed of mind, body, and spirit. We're not just, you know, a medical being here where we're looking at chemicals and neurotransmitters and things like that. We just, we know that we're all encompassing of so many things that healing actually requires us to look at all those aspects of ourselves. So, and we'll be opening hopefully in the next month or two. Um, and it's very exciting, but very scary at the same time. Yeah, that's beautiful and um i just i've been so inspired by you watching you really combine these two realms and use your practice as a way to combine all of your knowledge and skills and all of your past experiences too and yeah just really help people heal from that mind body soul level because as you and I both know, and as we have learned even more so in the past little while here with these trainings, that it is all so interconnected in every one of us, and healing really encompasses so much more than what we're taught when we practice medicine. And coming from a background of emergency medicine, for the listener, Sandy was previously an emergency medicine physician. And so maybe you can tell us a little bit about your story of how you transitioned from that field of emergency medicine and what really got you into the more holistic realm and the more spiritual side of things and how that shift started to happen for you. Yeah, well, yeah, so the last 15 years I have been practicing here locally in Arizona as an emergency medicine physician and um, even took the role of medical director for about five years for the group. Um, and I loved my career. Uh, I learned so much. Uh, I really was good at what I did. Um, and I think that was the purpose that I had at that point in my life. Um, over the last couple of years, however, I've been doing a lot more spiritual work uh, with myself and doing a lot of my own <clears throat> excuse me, healing. Um, and that healing has brought me to the realization that currently uh, my alignment with my sole purpose is now taking me in a new direction. And uh, the emergency department was great for my career. I felt like I did make a difference. I did offer some healing to people, but now the healing that I want to offer people is again, more spiritual. And that's really hard to do in the emergency department. Um, so I really feel like there's benefit to uh, the spiritual healing. Um, and I really just want to get out of that chaos and like, I only have five seconds with you to make a connection with you to, I can sit with you in my office for a couple hours at a time and really connect with your soul um, and not just the, the body and, you know, again, the chemical part of us, but really just connect to your soul and see what it is that you've had in your life that has brought you to where you are today and to the depression that you're experiencing every day and how can I help unlock those things and help bring you into a little more lightness, a little more peace, a little more joy. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm just ready to make this transition and I am very grateful for the career that I had in emergency medicine. I have no regrets. Um, it's just, it's time for me to move on. Yeah, beautiful. And I think, I mean, as many of us will experience in this life, there can be many paths that we can traverse down, but I'm a firm believer that we are led in certain directions for specific reasons. And when we do truly follow that call of our soul, that it does begin to really align and all the pieces start to fall together. And I think that that piece of you having that experience in emergency medicine and seeing an entire side of this field and now being able to integrate that and bring everything that you learned there forth to now combine all of that knowledge and all of your personal experiences and your belief that 
healing really does involve so much more than that really transient interaction and the power of having that time and that one-on-one connection with somebody and and really introducing somebody to the realms of spirituality and the power of energy in healing i just think it's so beautiful and so exemplary of the power of this work and it's really just truly inspiring so i just want to commend you for not only the courage that it took to make this shift because i know for myself personally how much my path has paralleled yours and the comfort that comes in having that nine to five job or like the shift work job where you know that you have certain shifts and you know you have a a paycheck coming in every week and you know that you have all of these benefits and that it kind of falls in alignment with what society thinks is commendable i mean working as a doctor is a pretty admirable practice and so it just takes a lot of courage to say you know what this doesn't resonate with me anymore and so yeah i just really want to acknowledge you for that yeah thank you so much and yeah it is definitely a big leap uh and there are moments where i'm like oh my god what am i doing (laughs) am i doing the right thing um but yeah i really know and i i feel in in my heart that this is really the right path for me um and i'm just grateful that i am embracing the power that i have within me to go ahead and make this step into the uncomfortable the unknown uh the thing that i know is is right for me at this time yeah absolutely and so for the listeners who maybe don't know what ketamine is even to begin with and how it can now be applied not only as an anesthetic and how it has been traditionally used in general medicine but how you are now incorporating it into your own practice and how many physicians worldwide are now seeing the benefits that it can have from a psychological perspective and in psychotherapy can you maybe describe what ketamine is and how this kind of transition from its use has occurred and how that applies to you Absolutely. Yeah. Well, ketamine was uh, first um, used in the 1970s um, for anesthesia. They found that it was a great anesthetic um, and that it had great properties because it didn't really interfere with your breathing or your circulation. And so it was very safe medicine. It doesn't interact with other medicines. So you can be taking your psychiatric medicines and still use this medicine very safely. Um, But they found um, over time that other than just being an anesthetic at lower doses, it actually helps treat depression. And how it does that is, you know, still completely unknown, but some of the theories are that it, um, it creates new neural connections in your brain. It creates new neuroplasticity. It creates new nerve networks. Um, And it also, the current nerve networks that you have, it helps you them communicate in new ways that they never communicated before. And this certainly is on a biochemical level. Um, And it also works in particular in certain areas of the brain that are underactive in people with depression. It actually helps them become more active. And so now you have new ways of thinking and new ways of seeing things. and so the studies have you know been shown there are many different ways to give it you can give it intravenously uh, over about an hour that's some of the ways that people do that Um, and then you can also do it intramuscularly which is a shot in the arm or the leg uh, as well as there's an oral uh, way you can take things too obviously different you know mechanisms different way to have the medicine absorb into the body some are a little more effective than others some you have to have higher doses in order to get the right concentration Um, however it's just uh, really and a lot of research has shown that it's doing really well. And if you combine that with therapy and integration into your everyday life, the benefits are much longer lasting than say if you just give the medication in the IV form and you don't really do any integration. Because as you can imagine, when you're having shifts in your psyche, uh, that that's gonna change some of the ways that you live in your life and you may need support you know, and, on how to work with your relationships, how to work with food, how to work with movement, meditation. So, so many things go into it and it's just a, a really beautiful medicine. And again, it's a very, very safe medicine, which is why it's being utilized a lot now. Uh, with uh with this uh, world yeah yeah that's really amazing and it's it really what i i like that you brought up there is to the importance of the integration process because i think with a lot of medicines that we're now seeing become more prevalent and have more studies done for their psychological benefits 
especially with the plant medicine realm and how it's becoming almost like trending with things like ayahuasca and psilocybin and all of these other drugs that have been known for a very long time and have been used in ancient practices to have these beautiful psychological benefits. But there's also an area where they can be abused just like any other drug. And when that process of integration is really not incorporated and really not emphasized, and especially when it's not carried out by people who are really um, like have the have that knowledge and the experience and and the proper intention behind carrying out that integration process and leading people through these journeys, that's really where things can go wrong and people can have bad journeys, bad experiences, really quite horrible outcomes from using any of these medicines and when we're talking about more recreational use like when we are seeing people now like going to these ayahuasca retreats and doing stuff like that too again that integration process is something that needs to be emphasized and needs to be held space for so in such integrity and with such purpose and so i love that your clinic is really focused on that aspect of it and i think that's going to be such a big part of why your practice is going to be so powerful and transforming so many lives yeah thank you yeah i mean as a lot of people in the psychedelic space which i did forget to mention ketamine also it has psychedelic properties Mm -hmm. so it can give you this you know out of body experience where it also gets you into a different realm of consciousness than you're normally used to and so some call it a mystical experience um so it's just a beautiful way again for us to have a new perspective on everything that's happened in our lives and where we're at today and how we don't have to be stuck in the mindset that we've been stuck in forever. Um, and yeah, the, it's so important as a lot of people know, like the set and the setting is like key. Those are key phrase words that we use in this kind of space is that the set includes the mindset, like getting into the medicine, you gotta be ready. So there's a big preparation phase that happens before you even you know, are sitting down with the medicine to see where you are, what is it that you need to heal, what is going on in your life and how can we bring some light onto the things that you're dealing with, with your depression, like where did it stem from and how can we get to that point? So you bring that intention and that mindset into the medicine journey. And then we make sure that the setting is safe, super safe. Like you have the right people, you have the right place, you have the right environment, you have the right music, you have the right feel, you know. And again, you're very comfortable before you even go into the medicine because we want you to be at ease and relaxed and ready to just embrace the medicine because that is where most of the work is so powerful when you just surrender and let the medicine do its work. And don't be afraid to go into the darkness because we all have darkness. We've all had experiences that have brought us to our depression. So if you just really embrace those and go into them, you realize that when you come out on the other side, wow, that wasn't so hard. Like, I can make it through that. I can make it through anything. I can change my mindset. And so, again, that's why you see a lot of stuff. You learn a lot of stuff in the medicine, and it's so important to integrate that to be like, hey, I saw this. What do I think that means? Not what does my therapist think that means, but what is it that I can connect this in my life to how I've been living my life, and how can I now switch that and change that? And so the support with the integration after, again, to help you make those changes in your everyday life is super important, and to really have that safety net of the people who are there with you guiding you through it is you know super profound and really part of the whole process and without that i think the healing is just way less than it could be if you embrace the whole process of the integration as well yeah absolutely and and that also speaks to i mean not only the power of community and the power of having that support and how much that plays just such an immense role in the healing process. But um, also you touched on the shadow and knowing that going into your shadow and and looking into the darkness and, and knowing that that's just a, a part of us all and a part of our journey and, and removing the element of shame from that and knowing that you have the support to walk through that darkness and come out on the other side and to see the light and to also know that because of experiencing that darkness and overcoming that darkness, that's when when you get into the light and you and you get into the easier and more flowing part of the healing journey, it it has so much more meaning and so much more purpose and you see it 
really in a different light, for lack of a better term, when you have experienced the shadow and walked through the shadow and dealt with the shadow and not from a sense of shame and guilt, but from that way, that area and that space of knowing that the shadow is part of it and working through the shadow is part of the process. And I think removing that element of shame too, especially when we're, we're using something like a pharmaceutical drug and and any exogenous substance or even even just accessing therapy I think there's a lot of shame behind mm -hmm. that when it comes to healing and so to take away that element of shame and have that community and that support and that that guidance through that shadow I think is so crucial so I love that you're speaking to that as well yeah thank you and I feel that I'm very um uh, prepared for facing the shadow uh, working in the emergency department for 15 years you see a lot of shadow you see a lot of darkness and really embracing that um, and also embracing my own shadow like I've dealt with my shadow and there's some shadow in there that was really uncomfortable to face however on the other side once you get through it and you see what it has done for you what has created in you like you have so much gratitude for the shadow because without the shadow, you wouldn't be who you are today. You wouldn't be as strong as you are today and you wouldn't be able to face whatever else comes because you've already seen, you've already been there. Like you know the shadow, you know the darkness, you know the fear, you know the desperation, you know the guilt, you know the shame. And once you can get past that, it really is like a beautiful experience to, to actually thank those experiences and to realize that life is happening for you, not to you. Like those things didn't happen to you, they happened for you so that you could become the powerful creature that you are today and embrace whatever else comes along the way. So again, yeah, I feel it's so important and so key to really embrace that. And it, it's, it may feel really uncomfortable at the moment when you're like looking at it again from a different perspective, but wow, on the other side of that, when you get through that, it's just such a, a wonderful lifting experience. It just makes you feel so much lighter, like all that stuff you've been carrying and it, the weight of it is just it's gone like mm -hmm. it just doesn't resonate as much anymore with that darkness you just feel a, a lighter and sure darkness is going to come again and you're going to have to deal with it again but now yeah. you have the skills and the tools to deal with it better and to know that you know what I'm going to get through this too just as I got through all that other stuff before today yeah absolutely and and I think that's um I mean one of the areas that lacks in general medicine for sure and again just kind of goes hand in hand with the time that we are allotted to spend with people is that like you see the shadow but you can't actually walk hand in hand with somebody through the shadow mm -hmm. because you especially in emergency medicine you are having to just go 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 and sometimes put like literal band-aid solutions on people and other times put proverbial band-aid solutions on people to really just like like okay we've solved the the superficial problem and you're safe to go home but we haven't really done anything to address the underlying root issues mm -hmm. and especially when it comes to mental health issues i mean there's always always some deeply ingrained childhood trauma some some element of shadow that needs to be addressed and and even in when we get into energy work and we get into the spiritual realm i think um there's a lot happening right now that is more so in the line of like spiritual bypassing where there's a lot of toxic positivity like oh just see the light and just lean into the light and be the light and be the love and and not actually giving people that permission and the recognition that no like actually going into the shadow is is not only where you need to start but it's an essential part of the process Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, without the darkness, we wouldn't be lightness. Like you have to have the opposites in order to be one full, you know, being. And, you know, a lot of people are just so afraid to go into that, you know, but it's just, wow, it's, it's just beautiful. The darkness is beautiful, <laughs> even though it can be uncomfortable. Like it's just part of us and it makes us who we are. Um, and just like, you know, a lot of things in life, you, you have to have a balance of things. And if you don't have any of that darkness, really your lightness can't really be the lightness that it is. Uh, and yeah, like people don't want to 
realize and recognize that, yeah, we got to face the darkness. We got to face that first or, yeah. or we can't embrace this part of us that we really want to embrace. And, and also recognize that even once you do come into the light and you're feeling lighter, like you're going to have those moments where you're dark again and embrace it. Like be like, you know what? I haven't seen you for a while, fear. Let me just sit with you for a minute because, wow, you're a friend of mine and you've taught me so many lessons. So right now I need to just sit in this fear and be okay with it and be comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful lesson. And I mean, you yourself, you spoke, you touched on this earlier, but I mean, just from what we've talked about and how you've shared part of your journey with me and with our group in our, in our healing space and in the training, um, you have done a lot of your own self work that has really shown you your own shadow and is really a large part of the process that led you into the work that you're doing now. So can you maybe speak to that journey and how you were introduced yourself to the realm of psychedelics and the power that they can have in this healing journey and in walking with you through the shadow and how that has really just created the beautiful human that you are and the beautiful healer that you are today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, my whole life I feel like I've been on this spiritual journey and exploration of really trying to connect with that spiritual side of myself. Um, and, you know, I've done a lot of, you know, little workshops here, workshops there, and, and they've been really amazing. However, when my husband and I kind of started experimenting and looking into psychedelics, um, he was kind of the, the guinea pig. <laughs> and uh, after a meditation retreat, he kind of really was intrigued and felt called to explore psychedelics. And so he did. And then as he was on his journey, he's like, wow, this is really profound. And I saw how profound it was for him. So I was like, okay, let's see what this is. And wow, the first experience was so profound, like the most profound experience of my life really has been with psychedelics. Um, and they really have shown me like so much and not just my own darkness, but I've seen the darkness of humanity and like not just seen it but felt it in every ounce of my being i've felt it and then you know i've also done some ayahuasca journeys now with a wonderful amazing group called one heart and they do the full program like they start with the preparation before you even consider the medicine you go through your journey with the medicine and then they support you for weeks after and there i the first experience i had was over a year ago and i still have weekly calls with my small group from there and we support each other along the way because there's still challenges that come up and things that come up in our lives that we need support with so through those journeys i really have you know dug into the depths of my soul and the soul of humanity and realized how much we are all connected like we are all connected there's there's no separation between you and me <laughs> you know that but so many people just don't know that and the power of psychedelics and ketamine in particular as well really shows you that connection to everything the universe to each other to animals to plants to to the earth like you know we're just all so interconnected and so that has been so profound for me that now I can access non-ordinary states of consciousness without medicine. So I can do breath work. I can meditate. Mm -hmm. I get profound messages just through meditation alone. And that doesn't require medicine. But I think sometimes the medicine helps you tap into that. And it's mm -hmm. kind of like a, a projectile that just projects you into that space where yeah. sometimes it's a little harder to get there on your own without that medicine. Because once you've seen that realm and that possibility of what a mystical experience can be and what getting out of your own conscious mind can be, wow, it's just truly beautiful and it just helps you along that healing path. And it's not just like, oh, it's gonna just stick. You do the medicine and oh my gosh, you're healed. No, it's work. Healing is a continuous journey. It never ends. I'm still healing every day. I still have things that come up that I need to deal with and I need to heal. But now I have more tools and I've had more awareness that helps me kind of do the continued healing process. And now that I'm in this space of being pretty much, you know, healed myself to a point where I can continue my healing, I can be a better person to sit with you with the medicine so that you can then learn how to heal yourself. Because again, I'm not the healer. I am just a conduit. I am a tool to give you tools to help you realize that you can heal yourself. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I love how you worded that. And I mean, we all are as you said interconnected and we all are our own healers and our own tools like 
we are the medicine, we are the tool, and all of these other things like ketamine and ayahuasca and psilocybin, they have incredible ways of, like you said, at the scientific level, they can help us reform those neural pathways and they can help us heal at the actual level of the brain and the conscious mind. But then where our spirit and our soul and our intention going into these practices and the integration afterwards comes in, that's where the real deep level of healing happens because we can we can use these exogenous substances and we can do the quote-unquote work all we want but if we're not going into it with the right intentions if we're not acknowledging ourselves for who we are and the power that we have within to also contribute to that own to that healing in addition to the substances that we're using or the practices that we're putting into place, then it's not gonna have anywhere near the amount of power. And so I love that you not only have the humility to say like, I am not the healer, I'm not here to heal you, I'm here to open your eyes and to, and to give you the tools and to help you put more pieces into your toolbox so that you can do the healing yourself, but you're just there as this beautiful guide and to shine your light and use all of these experiences that you have incorporated in your own healing practice to now, like you said, you've reached this level of healing where, I mean, none of us are healed, quote unquote, healed. Like <laughs> the healing journey is lifelong, but you've reached a level now where you've done enough of the work that you can now bring forth all of these experiences and everything that you've learned to help people start to do that work themselves or continue to do that work themselves yeah i mean and it's a choice too right i have the choice today to you know continue my healing process or i have the choice to be like eh, i'm done with that i'm going to go back to my old ways which i think would be really hard now that i'm very aware <laughs> <laughs> however you know it's a choice for people who will come to the clinic like you know they can make the choice to to help themselves and they can make the choice to go back into their other patterns as well and that's okay like that's your choice that's your path like that's what you get to do in your life and i'm not here to make anyone take me as their you know guide on this and like choose my clinic and choose ketamine and choose the healing practices that we do because that's that's not for me to decide i just want to be there for the people when they're ready when you're ready and when you choose it great and if you're not ready and if you're never going to be ready that's okay too i love you just the same and that's how we really need to embrace this medicine is with unconditional love and complete non-judgment for where you are on your path and what decisions and choices you make. Yeah, and that's another thing that I just personally in my journey I saw lacking so often in general medicine is um, the judgment, especially over the course of the past three years, the judgment over people's decisions and this implied sense of okay, well, like, this is what you have to do now, and, like, we're here to give you this medicine or to give you this treatment, and this is what's going to heal you, and not acknowledging not only the role that the patient plays in their own healing, but the fact that it is a choice. And that was one of the most powerful things for me that I learned during Anahata's training that we did together was when... We did the modules on death and dying and we did the modules on suicidal ideation and we learned that yes we have all of these tools and all of this beautiful experience that we can bring forth and we can offer to our patients and to the people that come to see us but ultimately it's their choice and so especially with people who are really struggling, people who are thinking that maybe their soul path is, is not going to continue much longer, we can be the light to shine for them and, and to really like open the next page of their story and to say like, look, like you've written your chapters to this point and and, and if you look, there's another page and it's blank. Like you have the option to continue writing your story, but it is not our job nor our right to hold the pen and to continue writing for them. It is our job to say, here's the pen, here's a pencil, 
here's a crayon. Here are all these things that I can help you with to help you continue this story if you so choose to. But it's not our job nor our right to continue writing for them. And I've struggled in the past with people that I love and being a healer and a healthcare worker to really reel myself in and 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 say that it's not it's not my job and it's not my responsibility to impose this knowledge and information onto other people and now that i have this recognition that i have gifts to share but their power lies only when somebody is open to receiving them exactly so true and Man, that was so hard and becoming so much more evident to me in emergency medicine is that here I am, a doctor, and I'm trying to tell you, you need to take your diabetes medicines, or you need to take your depression medicine, or, you know, you need to eat better, you need to stop smoking. You know, those things were starting to weigh heavily on me because I'm telling someone what to do with their life, and that's not my choice, that's not my decision. Yes, I know some of these things for your body might be harming you by doing these things. And I can be there if you have questions, if you want to change, if you want to make a different choice, then I have information for you. I can share whatever knowledge you want. If you need help, if you need tools, I will be there. I can help you with that. Same thing with like people with substance use disorder. Man, I just saw so much judgment from other healthcare providers when someone comes in with, in particular, like opiate use disorder. They're like, oh, they're here again. They've, you know, got another abscess because they're injecting. I'm like, you know what? They're a person. They need non judgment from you, they need unconditional love from you. What they need is if they want help, provide them help. If they're not ready to quit using medicine, then say, hey, how can I help you be safer when you do inject? How can I keep you from getting another abscess if you're not ready to make that decision for yourself? And if and when you decide you want to stop, I'm here for you. I can help you. I got whatever you need, but you have to choose it. Again, I I am medicine. I am power. I am love. I am light. But if you don't want to receive it, then it's not for you. And that's okay. And the other thing you touched on too is the suicidal ideations. Like we're in, you know, in medicine, we're meant to be like, oh, you can't kill yourself, you can't kill yourself, like you can't make that choice, like I need to do everything else and hold you in a facility to keep you from doing that when it's not my decision to make. Granted, yes, that's uncomfortable and it goes against everything I've been trained. However, if you come to me and we're trying to help you heal your issues and it comes to a point where you like, you decide, you know what, I'm, I'm really ready to check out and I'm comfortable with that choice then I have to be okay with that. Like, I can't make you stop or put you in a mental institution to keep you from doing what it is that your soul path is choosing. Now, I wanna help you realize that there could be another way, just like you said, you can write another chapter if you want and it can continue on and on. However, if you're ready to check out and you want this to be your end, let me help you tie things up in a way that makes you more comfortable um, and makes your family and your friends more comfortable, you know, if you decide to make this choice. Would that hurt me? From a human standpoint, absolutely, that would hurt me if you chose to do that after I tried to help you. However, again, I have to realize that that's not my choice to make. That's your choice to make. I'm there to help you if you want the help. And if you don't want the help, it's not, you don't have to take it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, man, you touched on so much there. And there's so much that, as a healthcare professional, we're trained to do things in a specific way. And as humans, too, we we are just culturally conditioned and socially conditioned and just we want to seek comfort we are just righteous in our nature and and most of the time too and i think that this notion has really kind of fallen by the wayside in the last few years is is the knowing that most of the time not only are people doing the best with what they have at the time with the knowledge and experience that they have at the time but most of the time when somebody is trying to impose a thought or a belief or force you to do something that you don't want to do, a large majority of the time that is coming from a place of love and genuine concern. Not only concern for your safety and your well-being and, and the future of your life, but, but possibly even concern for that person's own safety, well-being, or social status, or... Um, legality issues when it comes to medical practice and so to just really be able to hold space for that 
and and for ourselves too with the years of conditioning and education that have taught us xyz to now take this step back and say you know what maybe it's not just xyz maybe there's a b c d maybe there's alpha data theta gamma omega like there's so much more to this life and to this healing practice and realm of spirituality than I think any of us really can even comprehend Mm -hmm. so true and kind of going back to like you know telling someone to take your diabetes medicines or whatever and that's what we're supposed to do well how about asking the question of hey why is it that you choose not to do this is there something you know that is keeping you from doing this and like really asking the questions to allow the person to dig deep within themselves to be like why am I choosing this is there something that I could heal that I could look at that might help me choose differently and then might treat my body a little bit differently um, and again those are not the the medical like here's here's your medicine here do this here do that no this is like digging deep into again those other realms of ourselves that are not apparent when you just look at someone from the outside and so again another reason why I'm like okay I need to do something a little differently I need to really help someone look into themselves and question themselves just by asking questions and not giving them the answers because I don't have the answers for you and you don't have the answers for me Mm -hmm. but you do have the answers for yourself somewhere in there and if I can just help you find those answers then I think that that's you know that's just everything and that's the goal that's our goal is to help you find the answers within yourself um and yeah it's just I'm I'm so great that we're having this conversation and we're so like-minded in this and and yeah that training just really helped unlock a lot of this in me um you know one of the big lessons is and again you know about you tell people to stop smoking or stop drinking or whatever this you're just shaming them and that was such a big lesson for me the more you tell someone to stop doing something you're shaming them because they already know they want to stop but by you doing that you're not giving them the opportunity to embrace themselves and look into themselves and be like hey i can embrace this without shame without guilt I don't have to be guilty about smoking or drinking. There's something causing me to smoke and drink. How can I look into that and find that and heal that and release that and no longer let that control me anymore? So mm-hmm. thanks for touching on that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I would also add too that like sometimes maybe people don't actually truly want to stop. And, and that doesn't mean that they never want to stop. But maybe for that time, in their life and in their soul path that it's it's not for them to stop whatever behavior that is because perhaps maybe there are still some really profound lessons that they have to learn there and so again that's where we as healers just really need to learn to drop our righteousness and to drop this sense that we are quote-unquote all-knowing or like we are light beings and that we have it all together and somebody else doesn't and and that's where again I think like just as general medicine can really go in a very skewed path and lead somebody down the wrong path I mean so can this work so can this healing realm and like holistic medicine and spirituality and so I think that's where the intention and, and who you're working with and who you're sitting with and their intention and, and what they're bringing to the table when, when they're working with you as a patient or when we're working with somebody as a healer, that's where that element of, of just being able to sit back and say, like, I need to actually like tune in to what this person is asking of me and what I can help share with them. And not just try to impose what I know onto them. Yeah, that's so true. And I know that I've done that my entire life, especially with my parents, <laughs> you know, trying to get them to stop smoking because it's bad for your health or eat better or whatever. You know what? And this training, oh my God, it just hit home so deeply that I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this to my family. I've been shaming them like for so long. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm so sorry. I apologize. I forgive myself you know, for for doing that because it did come from a place of love where I wanted to just, you know, help you. However, now it's just so much more powerful and more beautiful to just look at them and be like, if you choose to smoke, that's great. You choose to smoke. Like, I have nothing 
but love for you. I love you just the same as if you weren't smoking as when you are smoking. Like, I love you just as much because, you know, that's your choice and that's what you get to do. And so it's just a really powerful lesson. And um, really, anyone who works with me, I really will, will make sure that they have that same attitude of non-judgment, non-shaming, no agenda for what I need you to do to heal. No, that's not my agenda that counts. My intention for you to get what you need out of the session and to get what you need on your path, like that's what we're here for. And if for some reason we're not in a good space in that day, like if our energy is chaotic or negative or we just can't let go of that, then we shouldn't sit with a patient either because we shouldn't have that energy with someone else when they're at their most vulnerable and they're trying to heal. Like we need to be in complete integrity and let that person have the most profound, most beautiful, most spiritual journey that they need at that time without our negative influence. So I will definitely be keeping that in mind and another good lesson from Anahata and the training that we had is to just really check yourself first and make sure you're in that space for that person because they really depend on your positive energy and non-judgment to be there for them. Yeah, absolutely. And just to give the listener a little bit of a background um, for anybody who doesn't really follow me on social media or know this training that we're speaking of. So both Sandy and I recently were in Sedona for almost three weeks uh, doing a breathwork facilitator and it's called shamanjalic healing, which is the term that Anahata Ananda, our beautiful leader and teacher, um, she has just coined that term as basically it's an integration of various forms of holistic healing and it brings in ancient shamanic wisdom and shamanic practices, which are forms of energetic healing that, I mean, I won't dive into the nitty gritty details of it, but it, it incorporates a lot of moving energetic density through a variety of practices which are both hands-on and not hands-on and as Sandy you just so beautifully touched on too like a big part of this whole process too is that period of like almost like the counseling session where you really sit down with somebody and you get to know them and and it's asking those questions because sometimes and I'm sure that you've had this experience in the past and like we even had this experience in the course or at least I definitely did I'll only speak for myself but um just like being a very intuitive person sometimes I think I know what somebody's needing and that's where that righteousness and that that kind of like superiority can come in and really wreak havoc on taking away the power and the gifts that you have to share when you don't actually sit down and truly listen to what somebody has to say. And I think that's one of the most powerful lessons that I learned, not only the course of the past three years and of this transitional journey for myself, but in Anahata's training and in her courses, the power of really tuning in and listening. And that's not only listening to words, but listening to body language, listening to energy, really tuning into what somebody's saying and not just going by intuition and going by initial assumption. And especially when it's family and friends, like my goodness, we think that we know somebody and we think that we know what they need. And then as I experienced in many of our sessions, I would think that I had gotten to know one of you so well over the past two weeks of our training. And I'm like, oh, I know. I know what they're gonna bring to the session today. I know what kind of healing they're gonna need. And then we'd get into that counseling part of the session and they'd bring something forth. And I was like, oh shit, (laughs) this is not what I was expecting. And then just having to like really reel back and like, yeah, learning that this kind of work too, like, you don't go into it with a plan. There's no like regimented, like you're gonna give this medication at this dosage and do this for this long. It's like you listen and you tune in and then you bring forth your gifts. Yeah, exactly. And you're so true about those expectations. Like, yeah, like, oh, I think I know exactly what, you know, this healing session is going to be about. And then you get into the questions and you're like, oh, well, this is taking me in a different direction than I anticipated. And then you're like, okay, I got my plan. We're going to the healing table. Now I know. And then you start using those shamanic techniques and something else comes out and you're like, well, that's not what I expected either. (laughs) But by just listening, not only to them and their body language, but then really, if you're really grounded and you can really connect to your own intuition, 
like by listening to them, then your intuition will shift and change what now the patient needs or the person needs in front of you. Like, oh, it's not what I expected. And it wasn't what I expected two minutes ago, but now it's something different. Oh, but I can totally tap into that. I know that right now, this is now what they need because I listened to what they were saying to me with many different modalities um, of their, their soul, their psyche, their being, um, and their body in addition. So yeah, that's just the beautiful part of this. And yeah, you're right. Like we may go in to a session with a patient and have a plan because we've set our intention. They set their intention. Like we kind of know the issues they're dealing with but then they may see something totally different during their medicine session and may need a totally different integration than what we initially thought might happen. And so, yeah, just being humble enough to be like, okay, I don't know everything, even though I had this great plan ahead of time, something else is happening and this is what they need right now and, and that's okay and I can shift and mold and change that throughout the course of their integration because it may be something different the next day that comes up that they're like oh initially I thought it was this but now it's this well just listening to them and allowing them to also ask themselves the questions and just be open and non-judgmental of their selves and what it is that they need to heal and and be open to expect the unexpected yeah, and, and for any of the listeners who are listening to, I think if any of you out there are dealing with any kind of psychological like anxiety, depression, anything like that, like this just, again, really speaks to the importance of who you're working with or in the realms of plant medicine to, to really, really tune in to and, and do the research when you're seeking out this kind of help. And I know that, especially when you're dealing with things like depression and you're going through those areas of your life where you're really facing a lot of shadow, sometimes we are facing a lot of self-judgment and, and it can be a really tender space. And so it, it's really wonderful, Sandy, to see you bringing such a conscious approach to this practice because we need workers like you in this realm so, so, so badly. But for anybody who's listening, I would just encourage you really, if you're seeking out any kind of this therapy or know anybody who is, or if you're interested in embarking on any plant medicine journeys, whether that be ayahuasca or psilocybin or anything that you really tune in and and do the research and reach out to who is hosting the retreat or or working at the clinic and and having these experiences and and really tune into what their intentions are and is it a full body yes for you like are your intentions going into it pure because as we said at the beginning of this podcast I think that's where a lot of times more damage can be done and then things like these substances and plant medicines and and different practices that are are really challenging the norm of medicine they can get this really negative light shone on them and and really get a bad rep because of bad experiences and and that's not to point fingers or blame at anybody but this just again goes back to the power of intention and the power of integration and just all of these key components that go into this process. So Sandy, again, I would just like to really acknowledge you for bringing this level of consciousness and humility into this work. Yeah, thank you so much. And yeah, it's just it's just so important. Like when you come to do this healing with yourself, you need to be completely vulnerable. Vulnerable with yourself primarily, but vulnerable with the team who's taking care of you. And so whether it be ketamine or ayahuasca or breath work or meditation or whatever it is, like you really need to be in a safe space. And if there's anything within you that doesn't feel safe, then that should be a no. And it doesn't have to mean that you have to say no before you get there. If you get there and you don't feel like it's safe, then say no then and leave. Like there's nothing that says you can't leave, you know, when you're just beginning to undertake a session. And again, that key of just making sure that you're in the right space with the right person is just so, so important because your healing is so fragile and delicate that it needs to be in a very safe container because again, bad things can happen. And unfortunately, there are some very irresponsible people out there who are taking advantage of people 
in these scenarios uh, of their healing when they're very vulnerable. And, you know, granted, they're on their own path, too. And, you know, I'm not trying to diss them or anything. But again, I just want people to be safe um, when they get into a space of healing. Because again, vulnerability is key. And if you're not with someone safe, you can't really be vulnerable. And you can't open yourself up to, to the healing that you're about to get. Absolutely. And, and I think that's another really tragic thing that I've witnessed over the past three years is that um, a lot of the right to choose and, and to lean into our body's own knowing and own intuition has really been ripped from people's grasps. And, and there is such a huge element of shame and guilt and, and a lot of people have really shied away from tuning into their own intuition because it has been made out to be wrong to say, you know what, this just doesn't feel good for my body. And so in any form of healing and with any decision that you are making for your own body and for your own path, it's so important to really lean into what your body is saying and what truly feels right for you and in alignment for you and and a lot of this stuff again is starting to become quote-unquote trendy and um, like for myself I have felt deeply called to work with ayahuasca for a long time and I've had about five opportunities since coming down to Arizona to sit and none of them have felt right and that feeling has really come from me looking into it further because sure I could have just been like oh yeah this opportunity came up I'm just gonna say yes but I took the time to call the practitioners and to speak to the people who were hosting the ceremonies and it was never a full body yes for me and so I mean I ended up sitting with combo and doing a few other things that were full body yeses and were with people who I felt like I truly resonated with And I had really phenomenal experiences, but again, it was because not only did I give myself permission to do the deeper inquisition and to lean into that knowing in my heart and in my soul, but I didn't let any of those external variables influence that too. And so again, with all of this work and just with the state of society right now, I just encourage the listeners to really just take a moment to just like breathe into what your body is feeling and and to give yourself permission and know that going forward whether it's with a medical choice or whether it's with any choice that is really a personal decision for you that you have every right to make the decision that feels in alignment with you and your body, mind, and soul, and that nobody on this planet or in this universe should have the right to tell you otherwise. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. And, you know, when it comes to even things like, you know, relationships, you know, your significant other or friends are being like, oh, hey, here's this great opportunity. This is amazing. And you've kind of been thinking about it being called. And you're like, yeah, that seems like a really cool opportunity. But then something in you is telling you it's not. Well, I feel like it's kind of the universe saying, hey, let's 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 give you this little opportunity, but also give you the skills to realize when it's not actually the right opportunity for you at this time. It may be later, but at this time, it's not right for you. And to really, you know, help you learn what it is to feel the no. (laughs) And when you feel that no, to take the power and say, okay, no, this is a no for now. And let me feel into it later. And maybe a different opportunity at a different time will come up. You know, and that comes up with, you know, medical providers too. If they're telling you something, you know, and it just doesn't feel like the right thing for you, well, question it. Like if it doesn't feel right in your body, then question it and see, is there another alternative that also would work and that I could try first before maybe this thing. And maybe that thing would be right down the road, but it's not right today. And again, take that power in yourself to say, this isn't right for me. I choose something different. And I appreciate you bringing it to me, but it's not right for me right now. And I think that's just really important to really get to know what's right for you and make the decision for yourself, not based on what you've heard or what someone else is saying, or maybe even pushing you to do, you know, just really, it's important to stand in your own truth. Yeah, beautiful. And and I also love that you're 
incorporating that power of choice into your practice and and also with your clinic too not only are you offering the ketamine treatments but you're you're going to be bringing forth everything that you've now learned through anahata's training and you're going to be offering the breath work and you're going to be offering the shamanic healing sessions and and so you're really giving people that power of choice and and offering a variety of tools and and like we touched on before, like breathwork can be just as powerful, if not more powerful than psychedelics. Like you can, and I have experienced this myself, you can have full psychedelic experiences just through the breath. And I remember the first time that I signed up for a breathwork session, I was just like in the back of my mind, I was like, I can't believe I'm paying for somebody to teach me or to tell me to breathe right now. But yeah, I mean, again, for the listener, it none of this is to say, like, there's a lot of research, obviously, coming out that's very promising for all of these alternatives and, and the power that they can have in your healing journey. But again, there are so many options, and there's no saying that if you are struggling with any element of mental health that you, that you have to go down any sort of medicinal route. You can use the medicine that, again, like, we are the tool, we are the healer, you can use the breath, you can use movement, you can use so many things. So again, I just, yeah, I acknowledge and thank you for bringing so many of these elements into your practice. And I'm sure we could do a whole other podcast on breath work itself mm-hmm. and on shamanic healing itself. But um, yeah, I guess if there's um, any closing statements you want to make, any, any words of advice to people who are on their own healing journey or just anything you want to add as we wrap up here today... Yeah, no, I just want to thank you for taking the time to talk with me and let me share my thoughts and my feelings and my soul with the listeners so that they, again, can really understand what it is that I will be offering in the space. Um, and if they feel called, you know, this is a great platform for you to really know the feeling of the clinic by, by listening to me. Um, and again, I invite you to just explore whatever healing modality is right for you, whether it just be a walk in nature or connecting with plants. Wow, Anahata showed us a lot of lessons uh, by just listening and looking at plants and all the lessons they have for us. Uh, profound. Um, that you could just sit by a cactus and just look at the cactus and it will teach you so many things and you don't need medicine you don't need anyone else to help you like it's just you and the cactus which is really amazing so I just invite people to really explore what it is that feels right for them in a healing journey and I am just happy and honored to be offering many different modalities that people can choose from and if they don't choose my clinic I am totally fine with that as long as you choose what's right for you and if you get the healing that you need then I am so happy for that and I just want other clinics and other people and other healers you know to really succeed in helping people find within them the medicine that they are and the medicine that we all are and to get the healing that they really need and to do it for themselves because we all have that power within us absolutely beautiful yeah I was just chuckling there a little bit because I'm sure that for some people who have not experienced the power of simplicity that can come from things like literally sitting with a cactus like I know some of you are probably listening to this going what are they talking about right now but Truly, until you experience some of these things like breath work and like the power of nature and this healing work, I mean, you do have to experience it for yourself and nobody can influence you or tell you what to do or how to do it or or really convince you of the power of it until you really immerse yourself in the work and commit to it and give yourself permission to do it. And so, Sandy, I just thank you for being here and for shining your light and shedding so much light on the power of all of this and for speaking to your experience and, and having the courage to transition from from one field to another and continue to do this healing work and it's so needed in the world right now so um yeah cheers to continuing to go forth and shining our light thank you so much i really appreciate thanks to the listeners (laughs) we uh we both appreciate you being here today and uh, i will put the info for sandy's clinic in the show notes as well but it is called enlighten spelt with an i so i n L-I-G-H-T-E-N and the location of the clinic is in Scottsdale, Arizona. So for my Canadian listeners, uh, I will hopefully have an opportunity to bring Sandy up to Canada someday 
And for myself, if you've been kind of following along lightly or not so lightly, you may know that I have made the decision to return to Canada. And I'm not going to get into the details of exactly when and how that journey is going to unfold. But if you are curious about breathwork, about shamanic healing, and about any of these practices, please reach out and just know that you're never alone and that there's always an option and I just encourage you to step into your own power and lean into the call of your heart and your soul and to give yourself permission to make the choice that's right for you. So thank you again for being here today and thank you for being you and for letting me be me, for letting Sandy be Sandy and uh, we will catch you on the next episode. Have a wonderful day and much love. Breathe.